Would I have turned out differently? Would I have gotten better grades? Would I have been gifted instead of ordinary? Would I have turned out like Jason? Ugh! That thought was enough to give me nightmares. The next day, when Miss Haverly, my social studies teacher, told our class about this latest project, Ancient Egypt, I just shrugged and looked out the window. I had no way of knowing that with this project, I would be transformed from ordinary ten-year-old Annie Minetti into Andy Minetti, the magnificent mummy maker. All the fifth grades will be studying ancient Egypt, and each class will work on a display to represent that amazing civilization, Miss Haverly explained to the class. Her face flushed with excitement. This was Miss Haverly's first year teaching, and whenever she talked about a new project, her eyes lit up and she blushed a deep pink. Today we'll be reading about how the ancient Egyptians viewed death, Miss Haverly was saying now. I'll be handing out study sheets that show you some of the symbols and script called hieroglyphics that the Egyptian writers used. These writers were called scribes. We'll be going over the sheets tomorrow, and then I want you to study the symbols so that we can use them correctly in our display. Ancient Egypt was an amazing... I yawned as Miss Haverly's voice became a jumble of background noise. I wasn't thinking about ancient Egypt. Ancient Egypt seemed boring. I was thinking about my baseball car collection and wondering if Max Silvestri would trade his Ken Griffey Jr. for a Will Clark. Now that was interesting. I have been collecting baseball cards for almost two years, and I have the biggest collection of anyone I know. I didn't go out for Little League this year because I'm not a very good player. Not like my stepbrother, Jason. He's a star player, and I cringe at the thought of trying to compete with him on a ball field. I'm just glad that Jason hasn't decided to collect baseball cards. Miss Haverly's voice came gently floating back to me. As all the fifth grades will be working on similar displays, we've decided to invite parents to a special ancient Egypt night here at school. It'll give them a chance to see all the work that you've done. The best work will be selected for the school's art show this spring. Now, there are a number of projects that you can choose from for your display, she told the class. We'll be making coiled pottery out of clay, replicas of pyramids out of styrofoam, landscape paintings of the Nile, and more. I closed my eyes and thought about Jason. I knew that his gifted class would also be making a display. I could just imagine the magnificent pot, pyramid, or picture that Jason would come up with. And I knew that it would probably be so good that it would win a prize in the art show and Jason would come home with yet another ribbon, one more magnificent thing to stick up on the bulletin board. Why me? Of all the stepbrothers to get in the world, why did I have to get stuck with Mr. Gifted? And if that's not bad enough... He has to be the same age, in the same school, and now we both have to work on the same boring project. Hey, Andy, wake up and pass these down. A familiar voice suddenly broke into my thoughts. I opened my eyes to see my best friend, Keegan McGrath, who was sitting in front of me, handing me a stack of study sheets. I'm sorry, Keeg, I whispered, taking his sheet and passing the rest to the girl behind me. Now, I want everyone's attention as I tell you about the most exciting part of our study. Miss Haverly's voice was soaring. We will be taking a trip to the Barton Museum of Fine Arts, she told the class. 
Some of you may have already heard of their Secrets of the Nile exhibition that is there this month. At this announcement, a collective sigh of pleasure circulated around the room. I shrugged. I didn't see anything exciting about a museum. I think museums are boring. I wished we could visit a ballpark instead. Now that would be exciting. Miss Haverly's eyes grew wide. We're going to be able to get a chance to see some magnificent artifacts that were created in Egypt centuries ago, she continued. After our visit, we will be using all the information we've gathered and will be ready to create a magnificent display of our own. The very best work will go on to be displayed in the museum's children's gallery. Miss Haverly beamed with the exuberance of hope. I sighed, the pained sigh of the hopeless. I didn't expect to create anything magnificent. I shoved the paper full of strange symbols into my social studies book without even looking at it. I closed my eyes again and tried to think about my baseball cards, but couldn't. All I could think about was the big, boring museum we'd be visiting, with rooms full of boring old stuff. Then we'd all come back to school to work on some boring display. I was about to yawn when I heard Katie Donaldson ask, Miss Haverly, will there be any mummies at the museum? I opened my eyes on hearing Miss Haverly's reply. Yes, there is a mummy in the exhibit. How old is it? Kevin Munza wanted to know. The museum's brochure said that it is believed to be over 2,000 years old. I think that now would be a good time to look at our fact-finder sheet on mummies. She said, Katie, will you please read the first paragraph? I shuffled through my papers and found the one on mummies. There was a picture of a mummy, wrapped and unwrapped. Wrapped looked weird, but unwrapped looked weirder. There was this old bony person that was almost a skeleton. I followed along as Katie began to read. The Egyptians believed that life after death was very much like life on Earth. They protected and preserved their dead for this reason. The pyramids were used to protect the body. Body preservation, a process known as mum, mummification, was developed around 2600 B.C. Mummification might take as long as 70 days. First the brain was removed from the body, often through the nostrils. Oh, gross! Katie cried. We all began to laugh and hold our noses. Miss Averly waited for the commotion to die down before telling Nelson Walters to continue reading. Next, the other vital organs were taken out. They were put in sealed, airtight jars. Then the body was allowed to dry out for forty days. The Egyptians used a salt compound known as natron to do this. The body was then treated with molten resin and oils, and finally wrapped in linen bandages. All right, you can stop there, Miss Haverly said. That's enough about mummies for now. You'll all get to see one next week, and we'll be talking more about them then, so hang on to your sheets. Now, let's turn to page 59 in our books. A mummy, I whispered the word under my breath as I mechanically turned the page of my social studies book. I felt a slight breeze sweep over the back of my shoulders, and the hair on my arms stood up. What would it be like to see a real mummy? I wondered. Would it smell? Would we be able to touch it? 
A strange feeling of excitement tinged with fear crept over me as I thought about a body that was thousands of years old. Miss Haverly's voice came back to me as she began to read aloud. Since the Egyptians believed in an afterlife, everything that the dead would have needed to survive in real life was placed in the tomb, such as food, clothing, jewelry, and weapons. In this way, the Egyptians felt their happiness was ensured in the afterlife. Miss Haverly paused. Any questions or comments? she asked. If it were my tomb, Keek spoke up, and they wanted to ensure my happiness in the afterlife, I would need a TV, my three kittens, my fish, floater, and a 2,000-year supply of soda and potato chips. Everyone laughed at this, even Miss Averly. Well, Keek, I don't think television sets were found in any tombs from ancient Egypt, but everything else you mentioned probably was. They did place offerings of food and many other things in the tomb, and if they didn't use the real thing, they used replicas. Let's all turn to page 62 to see an example of this. I turned the page and looked down to see a model ship filled with little toy Egyptian men rowing. It reminded me of my pirate ship filled with action figures. This is a replica of a boat outfitted with slaves and supplies. It was found by archaeologists in a tomb dating back over three thousand years ago, Miss Haverly told us. I wonder what it's like to be a mummy in a tomb for three thousand years, Keeg said. As we spent the rest of the period talking about tombs and mummies, I began to realize that ancient Egypt wasn't going to be as boring as I thought it would be. For the rest of the day, I thought about the mummy we were going to see in the museum on Tuesday. I had a hard time falling asleep that night. My dad and Marie were going over bills at the kitchen table, so the TV wasn't on. The house was quiet.